It's Sunday night. We're back here on the Brisbane Football Review NPL Sunday show. Scott and Amicky once again. And we've got some FFA Cup action to bring you as well this weekend. But we'll start, Adam, with the league action. And how, actually, we'll start, how would you thought the weekend as a whole? It's been quite an interesting weekend of league and cup action. Yeah, look, it was actually, um, in a way, it was good. We got to feature um, the full round of NPL women's uh, as a standalone round. So we had a women's weekend coverage on the Brisbane Football Review with four games, and we'll get into that shortly. But look, overall, I think it's been for a long weekend, it's been uh, some good football being played around the grounds. Absolutely. You've coined it Women's Weekend. We will absolutely start there with NPL Women's Round 6. We'll go through the scores quickly, and we'll talk about the games in a bit more detail. On Friday night, Capalba with a late winner, 4-3 over Moreton Bay United. Into Saturday, Mitchelton came back from 3-0 down to draw with Lions 3-all. Western Pride 4, Logan 2. Olympic 6-0 over the Thunder. South United 2-1 winners away from home to East. And the three games played this afternoon, Adam. Virginia United 5, Peninsula Power 1. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 3, QAS 0. And Gold Coast 8, the Gap 1. But we'll go right back to Friday night, the game which you attended in person in your neck of the woods up there in Albany Creek. And it was a really, really tight game, wasn't it? Some great football played in Capalabar just edging it in the end. Yeah, look, it was a fantastic game of football um, in that, that, you know, plenty of free-flowing action. Um, look, the Capalabar at the end of the day, I think they had just that one to me guns and it came down to the experience and you know, I guess just the physical presence of Larissa Crummer who was who made her debut after sort of finishing up with uh the Raw in the W League. And she she was a difference at the end of the day. Um two two great girls, including the winner. And at the end of the day, uh, it's good to see that a player of her pedigree in class be a difference in this game. But um, certainly Morton Bay didn't lose any admirers. They, they're, they're short a few players and uh, they and they sort of really quit themselves well. But it was just that X factor that uh, in the end was the, was the major difference. It was two goals for Larissa Kramer, an own goal and one for Whitney Knight. They got the points for Capalabar. Lanny McDougall with a pair of goals along with Sam Bambling for Morton Bay. And I just think... Morton Bay, they are really attacking side, but are they just a little bit too open defensively? Yeah, I think defensively they still need to work on um, on that. Uh, obviously, they've had they've had a few injuries in that in that position. Um, Jemima Head, the captain, is finally back after sort of you know missing you know a lot of time last season. They also added uh, Flo McIntyre uh, during the week uh, from Lions, uh, and look, she 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 was in most part good. Made a couple of you know, slight errors, which, you know, to Capalba's credit, they really cashed in on and uh, escorted against. But I thought she had a good game. I think that's going to be a work in progress. But certainly um, having one of the best attacking uh, records in the league, but also as well balanced by probably one of the worst defensive records in the league for Morton Bay. So that's something to work on as far as, you know, you know their side. But I think time will tell as far as the uh, defensive side of things. Absolutely, goals for fun there at Morton Bay, no doubt about it. And for Capalabar, it's, it's a massive week for them because they picked up the win midweek, I believe, against Brisbane City as well. So six points in a couple of days has shot them right back up the table. And we always knew that they would come good eventually. Well, not that they started poorly, it's just it took them longer to get going because of rain outs and all the rest. But we knew this run was coming, but that six points away from home could be absolutely crucial. Absolutely. And they've, they've got a side that, you know, certainly is going to be up there. Um, like, as, as to the aforementioned Larissa Crummer being added to the side, I, we think we suspect there might be a couple of players, more players to be added to that, that squad. They were very, very bare as far as the number of players they own. They only had um, 14 on the sheet 
uh, team sheet. So they're they're missing a few players as well that maybe that maybe in the works in, in the coming weeks. So look, if if it's who we think we are, we're not going to sort of you know pre guess let, let let the club make the official decisions. But uh, that will they'll certainly no doubt add to them again. And um, look, I think I think they're right up there as far as you know they're on on the tails of the likes of the Lions, RA, Gold Coast United. So we had a couple of raw players in that squad last year to see if they do go back, but. You mentioned they're short on the team sheet. Billy Murphy did her just picked up an injury last week as well, so we wished her the best of luck with that going forward. Now, Adam, after the game, you caught up with the coach David De Silva at that Morton Bay. You know, so let's hear what David had to say after the game on Friday night. I'm joined by the coach of Morton Bay, uh, David De Silva. David, exciting game. Not maybe not the result you wanted, but obviously the performance was very, very encouraging. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's spot on on the night. I'm super proud of the girls. Uh, disappointed to concede a uh, not a soft goal, but a, a late goal there when the game was stretched. But another opportunity for us to learn. Um, it's always good to see Matilda on the park playing again. Anyway, so well done, Larissa. Yep. Uh, obviously, um, got got off to the great start. Led, led one all through Sam Bambling. Yep. Then um, a couple of goals uh, to Capalabar. Three one at half time. Yep. What'd you say to the girls um, coming out of the half? Um, I thought. As the half progressed, we went away from what we'd wanted to approach the game with and we started playing a bit negatively with our passes, going backwards and square. So I think we created a lot of pressure on ourselves more than Capella Bar really coming over the top of us. So we just talked about that. We talked about the first 15 and what, what got us the 1-0 lead. I'm just reminding them that um, even though there's some quality players on that side, we've actually got quality on our team too. And, and just remember how we want to play. Um, Lani McDougall uh, grabbed double. Um, obviously, very, a very tight game. Um, obviously, there was chances to win at the end. Yeah. Um, but overall, obviously, very happy with um, the performance, especially with uh, some of the players that came onto the park later in the half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two of the young ones are 16, mate. Um, we've got a couple of our senior players away, and hopefully they're back next week. Um, we've just got to get Sean cleared. Um, We've just been, had to be patient, probably a bit more patient than some of the other clubs. Um, but that's fine. Um, we gave some opportunities to young players who've been performing well for their age group and, and the 23s. Um, and that's what we're about as a club. We want to promote our juniors um, and continue that in the years ahead. So when these crop hopefully push on to the next level, we've got the next bunch already knowing how we play and what we're about. Um, one sort of uh, inclusion to the squad this week, uh, Flo McIntyre, who um, came over across from Lions. Yep. Um, how long is she, was she training with the side before tonight's game? Uh, just Thursday night. Um, yeah, super excited to have Flo involved with us. Um, yeah, um, a bit of maturity, a bit of experience, and I think you could see that in the game. And I think once we get our full-strength squad back on the park, I'm very confident um, we're going to play some damn good football. Obviously, one player that unfortunately won't be back this season, uh, Lani Fryer. Yep. Uh, she had uh, surgery over a week. Uh, any further update on how long uh, she could be gone for? Obviously, season's probably gone with an yep. ACL injury, yeah. but you know, how, how sort of you know, is it? Oh, look, surgery's done. So the usual standards, 12 months back to before. Um, hopefully, we can make that a little bit shorter, but you can't rush those things. Um, heart goes out to her. My heart's... Um, Still not repaired from that. Just such a beautiful kid from a beautiful family. And it's just really sad that, you know, she was tearing the league apart. Um, and I had no doubt she was going to be W League next season. If, if the Raw weren't going to pick her up, I'm sure another club would have. Um, yeah, we just, 
we're really trying to support her and get round her. Um, it's incredibly disappointing. But, um, look, I'm sure she'll be back bigger and better in the years ahead. And I just look forward to supporting her through this tough time and just watching her play again, mate. Um, a fo- final question, obviously, uh, looking ahead. Um, obviously, top top eight, getting to the MPL side of the draw at the end of 17 weeks, that's obviously the aim. Then what, is there anything beyond that? Um, oh, that's probably the first priority. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We've obviously had a good start, but um, it's been a challenging two weeks. Um, I think that's just a culmination of a few injuries as well. So, yeah, look, we ideally you want to be in the top eight, but... Like I spoke to you previously, we've got a success criteria that we're holding to, and we are, and we just, yeah, we're optimistic that we'll make that top eight. Um, We don't want to be in the battle for it, but I think we're going to be in that battle. All the best, David, and uh, well done tonight. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. So that was your chat there with David Silva after the game. Adam, and despite the result, he seemed reasonably upbeat to a degree. Yeah, look, uh, I think with David, uh, it's a case of performance is just as important as the results, especially with, with this squad. Um, and yeah, look, it, it wasn't the result he wanted, but certainly uh, the performance was there. You know, a number of young players that are coming that come through their system, especially after the horrific year, I guess, you know, last season as far as results go. Um, it's great to see life, you know, as far as, you know, as things going about at Morton Bay. And, uh, yeah, look, it can go one way, and that's up. And they've got plenty of young players coming through, um, not only through sort of the 23s and 18s, but they're under 16 side at the moment. Now, from more reports, they are a, they are a gun team for their age. And, yeah, like I said, I think the future's very, very bright at Morton Bay. Absolutely. Well, the future might also be very, very bright at Mitchelton because at halftime yesterday at Travel Park, it was 3-0 to Lions to... Goals from Shea Connors and two Shea Connors and one for Amy Gunson. It was 3-0. And I think everyone kind of thought, well, they're going to go on with this. But that's not the way it panned out, Adam. Yeah, this is a strange one. And, and uh, talking uh, sort of off-air to to um, a couple of coaches as well, they, other coaches, they, they were shocked by this result. I think this is a result that really no one saw coming with lines. Now, they were, especially being in control at halftime. They looked like they were cruising. But... Um, yeah, look, credit to Mitchelton. I think they, they sort of, they, they could have had, they probably had two choices at half time. Be oh, this is just normal, this is a normal fair, and you know, we're going to end up getting beat by six. But they actually stuck to their guns. And Rachel Dudley's goal, uh, with about seven minutes gone, second half, that seemed to change the nature of the game. Um, and and they said two late goals, and they end up taking point. Which for Mitchelton, I think to take points off lines, that for that, that's that's as good as a win. We'll talk about lines in a minute. We'll focus on Mitchell because that's the positive story. You mentioned the goal from Rachel Dudley. Rachel Fraser and Carla Wilson also on the score sheet for Mitchelton. And um, they've got, they have to be able to take a lot out of that result, surely. Not just to get a point off a team like Lions, but the way they played in the second half and the resilience had them. That's got to be – that's the sort of stuff that you just preach if you're a coach. Surely you just right, – we show what we can do. Let's just keep going with it. Yeah, look, and it was it was smart play. They 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 really exposed the weakness at the back for for Lions. Um, all three goals sort of came, you know, as far as you know, they they caught uh, Izzy Shuttleworth off her line and got and she got chipped. Uh, the first two goals definitely she probably would be pretty disappointed with her positioning. The third goal that Carla Wilson scored to grab the equaliser that was a 
a case of you know a defensive error. I think it was Cannon Cloth that sort of rushed out of the line, um, and Carl Wilson got in behind and was able to you know shoot past uh, Shuttleworth for for the equaliser. But that seems to be. I think they might have. Um, if they had it over again, I think they might have been a little bit more stronger at the back lines. I think they were thinking, you know, the best form of, attack, of defense would, was attack. And, you know, I don't think they gave enough, enough respect to Mitchelton. Well, I was going to ask you what you thought of the situation with Lions is because you mentioned the best form of defense is attack. And when you've got the front four that they have now, because Mario Hecker was re- announced as rejoining Lions during the week, along with Holly McQueen at the back. I mean, at the, when you've got that sort of attack, you can take that approach, but they just couldn't stem the tide in the second half, could they? No, no, that's the thing is, even it just shows that even the best teams sometimes, um, if they're not at their best, um, that, yeah, momentum is a very, very hard thing to, to change. And, um, yeah, I'd say that they'd, they'd be pretty disappointed uh, lines with that. At the end of the day, it's not going to really, you know, t- t- damage their chances too much as far as, you know, top four. It may... In the wash, you know, it could, you know, you know, damage their premiership hopes. It means that they probably now have to go and beat uh, Gold Coast United at some point. But uh, yeah, look, it's yeah, it'd be they'd be very disappointed, I think. And um, I fear for whoever they play next. In fact, it's potential power they play next next Saturday night because I reckon they'll come out all guns blazing. I think because yeah, they're not. I don't think they'd be too happy with that result. Bit of vengeance, perhaps, maybe. But look, I think everyone's going to drop points at some point, so I'm sure a draw isn't the end of the world for for Lions over there. But the other game in our doubleheader on Saturday night was from Heath Park, Adam. It was a 2-1 win for South United over Eastern Suburbs. Two goals from Rika Tano after Lauren Askin opened the scoring for Eastern. This was a, a, a good fight back, wasn't it? Because ga- it was a very, very even game. It looked like it was one of those games where the first goal was going to be vital, but South showed their resilience once again to, to go through and get the three points. Yeah, this, this game was a real arm wrestle, uh, especially through the first 50 minutes before the um, free kick from Lauren Askin, which seemed to beat everyone in the box. And uh, well, it, was, it was actually you know, a very, very good goal. Uh, and uh, and thought East would, would you know maybe go on with it. But then um, it, it became the Rika Tano show. And she she is so important to that side. Like We, we have, haven't seen much of South this year so far. But that was a real eye-opener, how much that she, that she is involved. And, yeah, basically she single-handedly dragged South back into that game with the equaliser and then, um, then scored what would be the winner. So uh, a brilliant signing um, by South. So it's a wrestler away from, from the defending premiers. And I think that's already paying dividends. Unbelievable player, Rick Tano. There's no doubt about that. And had a massive impact on the game last night. As you said, single-handedly changed the game for... For South, and probably is a big reason why they started off so well. But you mentioned her former employer, Gold Coast. You know they're not missing her too much at the moment. As as, as great as Rika Tano is, it was an eight-one win today in the final game of round six over the Gap, and it was hat tricks for Deanna Thompson and Isabella Habuda, along with Kira Richards Bassett with two. And this was this was I mean it was it was one-way traffic. Let's just be honest. I mean I was trying to find a way to say it, but that's that's what it was. Yeah, this is uh, a case of Gold Coast United flexing their muscles uh, and basically were absolutely ruthless against... Look, this gap side is not a bad team. Um, a lot of youngsters, they've they still got a bit to learn, uh, made, made a few sort of you know, wrong choices. Um, but it's one thing to make wrong choices, but to be made to pay for those you know, errors in defence or sort of just missing that tackle. or that, This is just a ruthless performance from the Premiers. And uh, 
uh, we, we spoke to Alex Bundelo after the game, and yeah, he was very, very happy. And I don't blame him. This was this was a uh, a statement performance and a half from Gold Coast United. Well, you've done my job there for me perfectly, Adam. I was going to talk about something else first, but well, you mentioned Alex Bundler. <laughs> the fact that we talked, we spoke to him. So let's hear what he had to say right now, actually, after the big win over the gap tonight. I'm talking about very happy coach at Gold Coast, Alex Bundler. Alex, a really good win here from your side, and what it's a pretty tough place to come. Um, the gap is always difficult, yeah. On, a, on, on their night, they can beat any team in the competition. Um, we're, we're confident at the moment. We've set ourselves up nicely for... And another great team performance. Um, I'm more, I'm very pleased the fact that we've got five under 23s. We've got a 15-year-old, two 16-year-olds, two 17-year-olds, and we're still picking up points. So, um, as a coach, I couldn't be happier. You mentioned young 15-year-old Kira there, two goals here. You've must be so proud of the fact that these young girls like her are coming through into this team and actually performing quite well for you. Um, that's the most pleasing part of it this year, yeah. So we've got senior players from last year, but um, the five players that we're looking to step up from under 23s, and it's a big step from under 23s, and, and it's an even bigger step when you're only 15 and 16 years old. So um, that goal she scored, um, Kira has got potential. One of the probably most, uh, pl- one of the players with the biggest potential that I've seen. So if she keeps working hard and in a good environment, she can go all the way and be a Matilda. Absolutely, and you've got the players in the front of like Bella Habuda, D. Thompson, fighting with each other for to score the hat tricks. That must be make it easy for you as a coach just to let them go because you know they've got that, that motivation for an internal battle amongst themselves. Well, I am blessed to have those players. Uh, we've got good speed up front. We've got good power. Um, we've got good goal scorers. So we're always we're always going to score goals, um, and we're not conceding any. Uh, and that's without Momo Hayashi. So when we get our players that are injured back, and we've got three or four injured at the moment, um, it's looking good for us towards the back end of the season. So you mentioned looking good for you. It's been the first time I've had a chance to talk to you since the season previous. It's been going on quite well. It's into the top two. You must be looking forward to potentially pushing for back-to-back premierships and at least consolidating yourself in that top two or three discussion. Yeah, well, we do. We've got the nucleus of last year and we've got five or six quality young players coming through. Um, Lions are always going to be up there. Um, it was a shock result yesterday, uh, Lions, um, you know, to have a draw. But um, it's only early days. It's only five, six games into the season. So in saying that, I'd love to be able to uh, do a little bit better than we did last year and uh, get to the grand final and um, uh, feel what that's like as well. All to look for down the road, Tensor. Congratulations and good luck going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again. Good so that was Alex Bundlo that we had a chat to after the game last night. Adam and he was oh tonight, I beg your pardon. And it was he was really, really happy as you can imagine. And he did emphasize the fact they've got all the young players down there at Gold Coast this year and and look the dual goal scorer tonight, um, Kira. Unbelievable. Unbelievable impact. Her her, her, her movement down the left hand side is absolutely fantastic to watch, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, yeah, look, she's 15 years old. That's the stuff that she was doing tonight. It, but it's a, I, I believe this is the fourth game of senior football, and just it was just really impressive to see, you know, a young player, you know, sort of do the things that she did tonight. The goal that she scored was absolutely wonderful. You know, I know, I know, up on the balcony at uh, at Walton Walton Bridge, you know, the uh, the Gold Coast uh, United sort of. I, I guess I'll call them fans, um, parents, fans were, you know, well wishes and all that were down the other end. They were, they were you know, really cheering when they, when she scored the first of her two goals. So uh, obviously they, they believe that she's a, she's a big time prospect. Uh, so is Alex Bundelo and look, there's a bright future ahead, but I think more so that I think that, I think they've got a number of, 
you know, young players coming through. So which really leads to believe that, you know, they really believe in the the youth and future. And, they've, and obviously they've got a few, you know, you know I guess we'll, we'll call them veterans, you know, in uh, D. Thompson and uh, Bella Habuda, who, you know, a trick each. You know, you can't ask more than that. Gee, certainly need to keep an eye on Kira Richards Bassett. You mentioned um Deanna Thompson and Isabel Habuda. They've been they were obviously impressive as well. So so was Casafina and Goal, I thought. Mm. I mean, made a couple of really important saves when it was nil all and one nil to keep the game in a bit of control. And it was actually that the goal is scored right on half time back at three one. I think that was the backbreaker for the gap. But they got it back to two one through Georgia Beaumont from a penalty spot right before half time. You're thinking, right. They can regroup in the, in, in the changing sheds at halftime and come back out and go for it. But that third goal was a real backbreaker, wasn't it? And I thought those three in particular, the three senior players, along with they were the they were the standouts to me for Gold Coast, along with young Kira. Yeah, that, that was where you know momentum was looking like it was starting to swing back to the gap when George Beaumont uh, scored that penalty. You thought, oh, here comes here comes the comeback. They get into that into the. Uh, into the sheds at two one, you think you know, maybe they'll come out second half, score another goal, and that's game on. But yeah, that that uh, Deanna Thompson goal uh, in stoppage time, that that's I reckon that was where the game may have been won or lost. And then after that, it was just it was just a flutter at in the second half. Absolutely, we'll we'll look at the table now briefly. And despite that drop, those drop points, yes, a Lions still lead the table on sixteen points from six games. Gold Coast United over on fifteen points from five games, so they do have the game in hand and an opportunity to jump above Lions at some point. Brisbane City remain in third, South United in fourth, and there's a bit of a gap then there, Adam, developing beyond that. But there is a real fight for those positions in the in the bottom end of the top eight or when the league will split. We talked about it last week, but that battle is intensifying. Yeah, just look at the current ladder now at the moment. Anywhere between, say, seventh and uh, 12th, even now you, you see teams like Logan Lightning and East are down 14th and 15th. Um, yeah, there, there might be a there might be a big concern because they're two sides you would have thought, and I think I know we we tipped them in our preseason uh, preview that um, that yeah that you know Logan and East you know they would be in there, but they're they're 14th and 15th respectively, and you know they're pretty much caught up on games. It's not it's not like they're down there you know with lots of games in hand. You know Logan have played all six games, um, East are one and four, but we all always say and we've mentioned a number of weeks now. Uh, East have had a really rough draw as far as who they've played. So that they, once they start playing some of the uh, lesser teams, uh, they they might they might be able to pick up. But you know, Virginia at the moment are probably the ones that are you know that are probably surprising at the moment. They're, they're sitting up in ninth and probably on that edge between you know, MPL and FQPL when the break happens. Uh, Western Pride at the moment are going all right, and Sunshine Coast have you know picked up a third win. So they're, they're doing well. So I think the top six at the moment, you can almost say already that they're probably headed towards um, the the top half you know, of the competition when it splits. But the, the fight for, say, seventh and eighth, I think that's going to be very, very interesting. It's a good point you make about East because they're looking at the table right now. They play the top five teams, basically, hmm. in the, over those five games. So I think it's very much fair to say that they have had a quite a rough start and they will no doubt pick it up. Um, you stop mentioning our preseason predictions because it just makes us look <laughs> it makes us look bad. And we'll move on now to the FQPL, which obviously in terms of the league was in, was involved in the cup, but there was one game played midweek. It was a one nil win for the Western Pride Adam over Southside Eagles, and this was a very tight game decided by one moment. 
Yeah, Tilo Santos had her uh, in about the 80th minute or thereabouts was the, uh, we ended up being the winning goal. Uh, Wook Western Pride, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, undefeated. They're, they're maximum points at the moment. So they've all of a sudden emerged. Um, we, we sort of said that this league, the FQPL 1, was going to be between, say, Rochdale and uh, Rochdale, Brisbane City, uh, Thunder, uh, albeit they've dropped a couple of games. Uh, but Western Pride all of a sudden have emerged as possibly, you know, a team to watch. And I think when they take on the likes of Brisbane City and Rochdale, that's when we're going to know where they're really at because, you know, it's looking good at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I still think they might need to lift a couple of levels if they're going to compete against the likes of City and Rochdale. Well, they do sit fourth place currently on nine points from three games. You point out they're obviously behind, but they've got two games in hand. So have to wait and see what happens when Western Pride go up against a couple of those sides. And the only FQPL2 game of the weekend was a 3-0 win for Magic United over Virginia, which moves Magic up into fourth place at the moment. But it's very early in the FQPL2. Now, we'll move on to the FFA Cup. And we'll actually start up in the, in the regional zones because it's just to give that some coverage very, very quickly. It was a 1-0 win for Magpies Crusaders United last night over Frenchville, and they will move on to host Edge Hill United of Cairns for a spot in the in the national rounds. Would you say that it's a it's not a, a, a certainty that Magpies would qualify by any stretch, but you'd have to say they would be the favourites at home to a to a Cairns Premier League side for a spot in the round of 32? Yeah, you'd think, you'd think that they would be favourites uh, going into that. I just think just the sort of experience, uh, they, they seem to have, you know, I didn't catch the game from what, what we were talking about it earlier today. They seem to uh, really make hard work of it, uh, Magpies Crusaders, getting past Frenchville. Like not sure, I, I'm not familiar with how good Frenchville are, you know, as far as that. So, yeah, look, to take it that against an MPL Queensland side, look, they deserve credit. Uh, but, yeah, look, Ed, Edge Hill, they, they have to travel. And that, could, that could be interesting. But, you know, this is the beauty of the Cup. The, the matchups that you not wouldn't ordinarily see. And let's see what happens. It would be a great story if Edge Hill did, uh, did uh, roll Magpies Crusaders and got into the national round of D2. It would be the first time a regional, like a local level regional club in the northern zone or northern central zone would have qualified because it had always been Kansas C for the few years they were in and the Magpies made it last year. We'll see if they can go back to back this year. On two years ago, we'll see if they can do it this year. Have to wait and see in a few weeks with that game. Now we'll go through the results from the Southeast Queensland zone round five matchups, Adam. It was Peninsula Power one, St George Willowong nil, Ipswich Knights four, South United one. That was in extra time. Thunder 4-0, 4-1 over Tawong. Gold Coast Knights 5-0 against East. Surface Paradise Apollo 4-1 over Capalabar. Brisbane City 2-0 over Pine Hills. Olympic 3 over Gold Coast. Holland Park won the Battle of Hawks 3-0 against Malkovat. And then there's four games, three games played today. Southside Eagles 4, Palm Beach Sharks 1. Lions 5 over Southport. And Logan Lightning 4-1 winners over Sunshine Coast FC with one game played tomorrow night. What would you, of those results, and what's the big picture takeaway game for you? Because for me, it's Surface Paradise knocking off an MPL team. We know they're a decent side, but that's a that's a stunning result. Yeah, they're um they're running the gauntlet with Surface Paradise. Paradise. They took out AFQPL one side in Mitchelton earlier in the week, and then they backed it up a few days later. Took out an MPL club in Capalabar. So um, so yeah, look, they they they've um they're no strangers to this competition. They've uh they've actually you know made it to the round of thirty two, and uh and yeah, look, they they look on track at the moment. They get a favourable draw, and they you know think that they can avoid the likes of the big four in um you know in MPL uh. And and so the draw 
that's right. There's no reason why they can't go to the round of 32. Well, they've certainly become... They've seen a few teams here, Adam, become sort of cup specialists in a way because they have made it to the round of 32, which you mentioned. I think they did that back in 2015 from memory. They've also yeah. made it to round seven just a couple of years ago and lost two Olympics. So they've been right, yeah. a bit of a bit of a cup specialist. And we've seen Gold Coast teams go on a run before, so that's, no, that's not much of a surprise. But we've also seen a lot of teams, if you look at who's left, Adam, a lot of these teams are the teams who've progressed a long way in the cup before, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in the last in the next round. Oh, I think I think everyone will be um, will be sort of you know, keeping a, a very, very close eye on the draw. The way the way so the brackets go, um, we're, we're told that it's probably going to be next week uh, that it's it's going to happen. Uh, we we spoke to the master of ceremony Simon Smale uh, out out at uh, Walton's Bridge this afternoon, so. Got wrong. We, we apologise, but uh, but yeah, that that draw, and I, and I imagine that they will pair round six and seven, if if if, if history is to go by. So so it'll be interesting to see not only to see who gets the matchups in round six, but then the brackets as far as round seven, and that is going to be crucial, especially if you know, yeah, if it's based on sort of you know the, you know, the best four best four teams, you know, or best three teams, because that's how many spots left. That it'll be. Of you know Olympic Peninsula Power, Gold Coast Knights and Lions, there's no guarantee that all four, no, not all those teams are going to go through. So at some point they're going to, they're going to have a blockbuster, you know, knockout game, you know, either in round six or round seven for that final place. So if, if the draw sort of you know, has them all bunched up together, you know, it, it's all going to, it's all going to come down to that draw as far as you know who who the three representatives plus the winner of Edge Hill and Magpies Crusaders go you know, to represent Queensland at the national in the national rounds. Absolutely. So there's a lot of great matchups actually in round six and seven in terms of the FFA Cup when these teams do start to play each other. Because you're right, I mean, well, you mentioned those four teams who've been in the, in the NPL finals for the last couple of years. They all can't qualify. And at some point, they're going to run into each other. And it could very well be soon. So that, that all that'll open an opportunity. We've also got Brisbane Strikers. They're still... In the, in the draw currently, they've got a game tomorrow against Sunshine Coast Wanderers. We've seen what they did last time the Cup made it through to its full completion. So there's a lot of teams here who've got some pedigree, Adam, and it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. Again, the draw is going to be absolutely crucial to see who plays who, but at the moment there's seven NPL teams left, five from the FQPL and one from the Gold Coast. The, the final Brisbane team got knocked out over the weekend. So the, re, the, um, the zonal teams, unfortunately... I've fallen by the wayside now, and the big boys are about to come through. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, uh, even even look beyond um, at the moment. You look beyond on you know, just the seven MPL teams at the moment that are still in the draw. But then you look at a team like a, like Brisbane City, who just added you know Mark Cockrell, uh, you know medal winner Fraser Hills their side. I would I. Have to we'd have to check and see whether he's cup tied or not. Um, because yeah, he, he, he was playing play last it. night, so he might might have been cup tied. Yeah, but um, but he, he, just in general, that's a that's a massive addition to the Brisbane City squad. But um, but yeah, they are going to they they're going to be interesting. And even we're just talking off air before about you know the potential of you know Southwest Queensland Thunder getting to a draw. You know if they if they got another round of thirty two and drew you know. An A-League team, or even a you know NPL Victoria team, um, you know up there in Toowoomba in the middle of you know middle of July, 
that's gonna be a very very interesting tie. So there's certainly beyond the, the four that the four sort of you know leading contenders. There's plenty of teams. Even you know got to note someone like Southside Eagles, who you know seem to have found form as well. They're going to go the first they've ever been in this competition. So so yeah, it's, it's plenty of exciting. I think that that draw is going to be much must watch uh, streaming in a couple of weeks time. So hopefully you haven't thrown the master of ceremonies, or as I like to call him, the voice of Queensland football under the bus there with that proclamation you made about it being next week. We'll have to wait and see when that draw does come about. But before we wrap this up, Adam, who would I'll let you go first this week since I took it last week. Who's your performer of the week? Yeah, look, I up until about up until about six o'clock tonight, I was going to say Rika Tano uh, for South United. Like she, she basically single-handedly um, dragged uh, South United back into into that game. But then, but then, you know, on that, I, I can't go past uh, Kira Richards Bassett. Like she, she looks to be um, extraordinary talent. And I actually, I actually, on on record, just I tweeted before. So I actually think she's the most impressive young player to be playing MPL women's there since India Page Riley. That's how much regard you know I that I was impressed by her tonight. And I think you know, she she could be anything. Certainly on the fast track potentially to a very, very good career. Now, I'm gonna bend the rules slightly here. I mean, normally go with players, I'm gonna go with a club for my performance league. I'm gonna go with Surface Paradise Apollo. They've knocked out an FQPL one side Mitchelson away from home. They then beat Capalabar at home in an MPL side in FFA Cup. To do that in the space of three or four days for a side which is a, from the Gold Coast Premier League is a fantastic achievement. We'll have to wait and see if they can go on further from here. You mentioned they've got cup pedigree, but I thought that was a damn good effort from them to be able to, to knock over two sides ranked much higher than they are in the football pyramid in the span of a couple of days. So they are my performer of the week. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's certainly fair. Um, yeah, like, so they do have a couple of uh, very very good players that you know I guess go under the radar because we don't give uh, Gold Coast Premier League you know that much attention. And uh, like I said, they they seem to always be there. So so yeah, no, it's certainly fair. So we might see them get themselves promoted into the FQPL at some point. I'll have to wait and see about that. But that's a story for a whole another day. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. So we've got one more FFA Cup game tomorrow, along with a couple of midweek games, along with it, and then we'll go back into full league action next week. So keep an eye out for all the football. We'll talk to you about it next week on the Brisbane Football Views NPL Sunday Show.